You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. I wish to continue the uh, consideration of in the political philosophy program of uh, the limits of political philosophy. We're on chapter three and the second section of chapter three. Um, chapter three was called on modernity, and uh, in this we have several subsections. I will begin with the one called human nature and progress. Leo Strauss put the problem in this way, quote, the change in the character of social science is not unconnected with the change in the status of the modern project or modernity. The modern project was originated as required by nature, natural right, that is, it was originated in uh, philosophy by philosophers. The project was meant to satisfy the most perfect, um, in the most perfect manner, the most uh, powerful natural needs of men. Uh, Nature was to be conquered uh, for the sake of man who himself was supposed to possess a nature, uh, an unchangeable nature. The originators of this project took it for granted that philosophy and science were identical. After some time, it appeared that the conquest of nature requires the conquest of human nature, and um, hence, it, uh, in the first place, the questioning of the uh, unchangeable, unchangeability of human nature. An unchangeable human nature might set absolute limits to progress. Accordingly, the natural needs of men could be could no longer uh, direct the conquest of nature. The direction had to come from reason as distinguished from nature, the end of the quote. Contained in these uh, words, we find an exact description of the nature and character of modernity. The original needs of men food, clothing, shelter, were understood not to have been met by ancient and medieval philosophy, science, or religion. To meet them, human nature itself had to be reinvented by reason. It could not be discovered in nature and in the human intellect's own origin. Directed primarily at man's higher needs, the following, the following were practical questions asked by classical and medieval political philosophy. At the uh, expense, it was maintained, of the practical. What is truth and what is was God? How ought human life to be lived? What is the good? Uh, because of the time and energy it took, uh, the absorbing effort uh, to answer these questions was said to uh, be the cause 
of any failure uh, to meet the needs of mankind, needs which arose not from uh, man, but from nature. The religious answers are summed up by uh, giving a cup of water or a, um, providing a cloak had, it was claimed, failed. Modern uh, reason, uh, not religion, was uh, obliged to meet these requirements of nature, and it would re it would turn to more efficacious ways, more efficient ways, uh, for meeting the basic needs of man. This not a noble purpose was what modernity set out to accomplish. But what initially motivated this pursuit uh, to meet men's natural rights or needs was itself something from nature. Nature was given. It was open uh, to human understanding, to uh, comprehension, uh, to comprehend its exigencies in terms of the basic needs of man himself. Men had an obligation to provide these natural needs. What science was supposed to uh, have been able to do, uh, hence the newness of modernity, uh, was to provide these needs for all, for all without uh, violation, violating anybody's rights, a term uh, that itself in modern, modern philosophical usage means for uh, whatever we will for ourselves. This fulfillment of needs was proof of modernity's spiritual side. Classical uh, political uh, bodies uh, were said to have uh, limited uh, their, uh, their production and distribution of goods uh, to only a few, and even this uh, required slavery. Modernity would uh, demonstrate um, these aristocratic privileges without restoring the, uh, resorting to slavery, which would be made um, obsolete, as Aristotle himself uh, had foreseen, by technology and not politics. If science was really universal, with no limitations on what it could uh, investigate, what reason could be given for uh, not studying human nature itself, which was said to uh, limit science because human nature was unchangeable. In medieval philosophy, human nature was unchangeable because it existed as the result of a uh, created act on the part of God, the intelligibility of which act was to be found in human nature uh, reflecting on itself. Man was not uh, the cause of himself. Man was better made from nature uh, in medieval uh, thought uh, because of his origin in God. No alternative uh, to, uh, to what man is could be found in the uh, uh, to be superior to the classical 
and revelational uh, articulation of what man ought to be. However, in a line of thought that extends from Scotus to Occam to Descartes, Bacon, and Hume, it is argued that human nature does not depend on God. Human nature itself was uh, put into question. Since it could no longer provide a limit uh, to science that did not recognize anything but, uh, but material causes, the human mind was free to provide the models based on, uh, on its own analysis of itself uh, uh, about what it should uh, could uh, uh, want and be. The modern project, or modernity, was uh, developed in this context. This eventuality is uh, what Strauss meant uh, by finding a, a direction from reason and uh, not from nature as the source of what man is. As Strauss understood this, this sort of uh, uh, reason, independent of any of any dependence on nature, was the uh, worst possible threat to human nature as we uh, have known it. So we can next talk about a little bit about metaphysics and modernity. Two approaches to modernity have come to uh, be proposed for solving man's highest needs in society and to himself. The first, the individualist or liberal approach, left the highest questions uh, to the private order of soul. Whatever anybody wanted uh, might choose uh, for his highest good uh, was valid uh, so long as it uh, did not interfere with uh, or even have anything to do with uh, the corresponding choice of others uh, to their choices. Um, no common end or good existed, only a, a sufficiency of material goods was the only common good. No possibility of rational adjudication of these theoretical differences was possible uh, since the principle uh, uh, in modern philosophy they were subjective and lo located in an autonomous will, a will limited by uh, no nature. This is the ultimate origin of the fact and value controversy in modern uh, social philosophy. The second solution, the collectivist solution, uh, proposed that the greatest good uh, uh, for anyone uh, could not be um, achieved except through a society with one will and one energy, a uh, proposition we owe primarily to Rousseau through Hobbes, uh, though Hobbes had uh, formulated its main uh, outlines. 
for its own good, the individual uh, will have to be uh, placed in uh, subjection to a higher will. Ironically, in modernity, the collectivist solution uh, claimed uh, to a certain nobility and selflessness. Rightness uh, consisted not in truth, but in conformity uh, to uh, this will itself based on the uh, chosen uh, collective uh, power of the polity, the, the, the end was chosen by the power. In either case, human nature presented no limits on the individual or the collective uh, will which was capable of uh, producing a man no longer restricted by the older limits of his nature. Since in modernity man was himself theoretically malleable in all respects of his uh, corpus or his uh, mind, the limits of polity requirements or moral virtues were in the uh, was maintained overcome in, in uh, principle. Whatever man chose himself to be was right because what was right was what uh, conformed to his will, uh, presupposed to no duty or obligation prior to his will. Freedom was the highest virtue. Right was uh, rooted in freedom, not nature. Uh, reason uh, followed uh, on freedom, and not the other way around, as in uh, classical and medieval theory. Toleration, the newest and most necessary virtue, meant not interfering with willed uh, decision or uh, understandings of one's good. Indeed, it meant aiding them, uh, fostering them. Uh, the, this fostering became the essential purpose of government. Freedom could bear no limit except itself, not even of truth or nature. Any criticism of this result uh, coming from the classical understanding of nature or revelation was rejected on the grounds that it was um, unscientific. Science came to mean the rational ordering of nature according to the free mind itself, not to any uh, norms or rules found in nature already there uh, already there from a superior mind, but discoverable uh, by intelligence. In a lecture given at Indiana University in 1939, uh, for the academic year, Etienne uh, Gilson addressed himself to these considerations about the nature of science and political ideologies. He wrote in terms rather similar to those cited above from Leo Strauss. 
quote, mankind is doomed to live more and more under the spell of a new scientific, social, and political mythology unless we resolutely exercise these befuddled uh, notions whose influence on modern life is becoming appalling. Millions of men are, are starving and bleeding to death because two or three of these pseudo-scientific or pseudo-social uh, deified abstractions are now at war. He wrote that in 1939. For when gods fight among themselves, men have to die. The trouble with so many of, of our um, contemporaries is not that they are um, agnostic, but rather that they are misguided uh, theologies. Real uh, agnostics are exceedingly rare, and they harm nobody but themselves. Much more common, unfortunately, are those uh, pseudo-agnostics who, because they combine scientific knowledge and social uh, generosity with a uh, complete lack of philosophical culture, uh, substitute uh, uh, dangerous mythologies uh, for the natural theology, which they do not even understand. The end of the quote. Gilson uh, connected the rise of modernity of political philosophy with the uh, decline of metaphysics and ultimately with a faith uh, compatible with it. To Gilson implied the close, uh, close connection between the philosophical questions of God's existence and, the na and nature with uh, uh, secular theologies uh, designed to replace them. The essence of modernity was the imposition of humanly formed and willed uh, abstractions on a reality that already bears unacknowledged uh, signs of intelligence. No one would want to substitute a man-made abstraction for reality unless something in reality seemed to need uh, rejection. Modernity refused to accept uh, the fact that uh, there were uh, things men ought to do or things they uh, could not do if they only uh, did what they ought. In doing these things they ought not to do, they violated their own freedom and uh, nature uh, in classical and medieval thought. That is, they sinned or uh, broke the law, uh, the law given to them in their, in their being. Certain norms or laws of our being oblige us by nature and God to obey, but obey only after uh, the manner of men, uh, that is, freely. To escape from such a position, modernity had held 
that we must first uh, evaporate from reality any sign or <clears throat> our standard uh, that was not put there by man himself. If reality is chaos, a bewildering confusion, or simply unknowable because of the incapacity of the human intellect to know anything outside of itself, this same reality, uh, this what is, cannot guide a rational creature. The alternative order of reason formed in nature uh, with a rational proof for the uh, origin of this um, reason in God is autonomous reason in man. So the alternative is that there's an autonomous reason in man and his mind is not related to the reason of God. Autonomous reason is not dependent on what is. Reason is um, independent of everything but itself. The epistemological um, controversies of modernity, from Descartes to Hobbes and Locke and Hume and Hegel, are important for political philosophy because they have supposedly the mind, uh, they leave the mind free uh, to any de of any dependence on anything but itself. Modernity does not see itself constrained by a mind open to reality for its proper uh, workings or uh, sources, a reality that itself reveals an order not originating in any human uh, mind, yet intelligible to it. Modernity is left free to uh, uh, project onto reality uh, particularly human reality, what it can really conjure up by its own um, uh, reasonings. Indeed, this projection becomes something of a human right or even a duty because a world with no sign of any intelligence at all is uh, barren and um, uh, dispiriting. What is opposed uh, to a modernity rooted in will is a metaphysics rooted in being, in what is. The study of this reality is the study that frees man from himself, uh, from the belief that uh, what he has uh, first encountered uh, is his own self. That is the, re the first reality that he encounters is his own self. Aristotle's theoretical science uh, stand as a guarantee that what is man is will be seen as grounded in something other than man himself. In a sense, this means that the what is a man is better uh, than he could make himself to be, and yet uh, this without denying that he can and ought uh, to choose uh, uh, to be what he uh, already is, the notion of freedom in modernity. The apparently exhilarating sense of freedom characterized characteristic of modernity is rooted in this phenomenon of a world 
that presumably reveals and can reveal no intrinsic order but that which the mind, human mind, proposes to itself, even if it, even if that proposal is only one of power and self-interest. This feeling is reminiscent of and even rooted philosophically in the Stoic uh, notion uh, that man, that man made himself independent of any feeling or uh, effect uh, on him uh, from the out from the world. So the Stoic idea was that you are not affected by the world in any sense. Different minds cannot agree on a um, uh, common uh, truth uh, that exists independently of the same mind because there is no such independent truth, even of man. All that is possible is non-intellectual obedience, forced or voluntary, uh, to a single will or a uh, compact that leaves all ideas privately in the hidden mind with agreements possible only on the material needs of human nature. This nature is no longer seen to have any norms or demands other than what men uh, legislate for themselves. Rights are, are legislated by a will and are defined by it. This status constitutes their essential uh, danger in modernity. That is to say, they have no basis other than and the will. Um, the content of modernity can be epitomized by the phrase in Genesis, now applied to man and not God, that man has claimed the power, the power himself to formulate the difference between good and evil. If this uh, autonomy were uh, the only element of uh, modernity, however, everything would be uh, a modern uh, age since this claim lies behind every uh, disorder in every age. Nonetheless, one explicit element in modernity is the claim that any distinction between good and evil is not uh, due to God or to uh, nature, uh, uh, to to nature about which it is man's obligation to acknowledge for his own good. It is due solely to man's own autonomous freedom to decide the moral uh, content of his actions and to put his theory into practice. Uh, this content is expressed by rights. What distinguishes modern from classical or medieval thought is not that there are uh, necessarily more people who do evil things in the modern, modern world, but that what is considered to be evil depends exclusively 
on a human decision subject to nothing other than itself. If that decision is expressed politically, it is an it is a law that is something willed to be true with uh, no other uh, criterion but itself. Only by virtue of norms that do not change could we um, uh, be aware of uh, moral evil in, in the world in modernity. So you have to have a standard by which you can understand it. If modern modernity depends upon autonomous will, what does that will choose? In medieval thought about the will, it was uh, said to have two aspects. One, the ability to act uh, or not to act, and two, the ability to uh, act in this way or in that way. If men would choose to follow in their action the criterion described by Aristotle in the Ethics or in the similar Ten Commandments, it would imply that human freedom was subject to something other than itself. It is, uh, uh, of course, uh, possible to obey uh, the commandments on the assumption that their, their content is human and worthy and yet um, unconnected with anything but the free uh, human will itself. The commandments in this latter sense uh, would, um, uh, would be seen merely as uh, products of a rational will which no other with no other justification but that will. Kant's duty ethic is of this uh, character. Indeed, one might even expect that the commandments could well be the most attractive norms uh, that would appeal to men in any, in any case. This sort of ethics, however, would still be uh, a form of pride or autonomy unless it uh, were seen to be also rooted in a, an intelligence not directly uh, attributed uh, to men as its origin. To the extent that even material natural law ethics has uh, based on the refusal to acknowledge the uh, real nature of things, it uh, would be an act of pride if it were so. Let us say, if the only source of uh, right and wrong were human will. At bottom, this theoretic independence is the problem of the modern natural law uh, question as it is uh, as it is called. The most obvious and most graphic claim to autonomy is to maintain that uh, what were considered evils in the tradition of ethics and revelation were now classified as good 
uh, good deeds to be lived out and uh, embodied uh, politically as good. To establish human autonomy is to uh, proclaim the uh, traditional vices to be not evil, but to be good, or to uh, at least um, uh, available uh, to man as part of his uh, perfection and um, uh, available to him uh, as tools of action and rule. Uh, again, this position is not entirely new. The position against which Socrates argued was that the uh, happiest man was the one who uh, was free to do exactly what he uh, chose to do, uh, including calling evil good. The worst uh, status of the soul, according to Socrates, uh, was to do what is evil and to be praised for it as if it were good. The content of modernity, uh, as it has uh, worked its way itself out uh, <clears throat> from the uh, from its own premises, is to be taken from tra traditional ethics and morality. Murder or adultery or stealing or uh, dishonorable um, uh, speech uh, was said to be forbidden because of a law uh, to which men ought to uh, conform and, <clears throat> and uh, uh, conform according to their being. They were, they were to observe it because they were capable of knowing and choosing it in its uh, positive forces. The autonomous man, however, uh, freed from this law, would be uh, liberated uh, to use uh, any action for his own uh, purposes to establish his freedom uh, from any claim or that natural law uh, might have on him. If he did not use evil means, it was because he wished he willed not to use them. There would be uh, times and circumstances in which uh, their use was uh, uh, perfectly logical and good in this view. Tradition held that children should be begotten and raised in a family uh, consisting of husband and wife, and that this is the natural order of things. The defiance of this should be anything from uh, simple divorce uh, to the scientific begetting of children outside of uh, marriage, even outside of the womb or the raising of children outside of homes in state-controlled uh, institutions. Again, the validity of the traditional uh, position 
was considered by Plato and by Aristotle. Socrates seems to have uh, thought that the scientific um, uh, dealing with human life and family uh, for the uh, good of the politics in eugenic breeding or a community of wives and children was too exultant uh, for, uh, for most people. The more sober Aristotle simply uh, maintained that it would not work. In either case, modernity sought to um, overcome any limits uh, even of nature. In modernity, uh, whose will uh, was to decide what was uh, good and what was evil, whose will was to decide that. Only two answers uh, seem available to modernity. First, the will of the Leviathan, or the general will of the state, is uh, uh, selected by fear or uh, uh, autonomy, autonomous uh, reason to decree that whatever it uh, decides uh, is what is right and wrong. Second, the will of the individual uh, seeks any good for himself, limited to the capacity of the others to do the same. The purpose of society is to make these um, selections possible uh, for each a human being, and no matter what they uh, are in themselves. No objective judgment can be uh, made uh, even over their intrinsic validity. Modernity can take many forms. The presumed demise of the socialist ideology of the late 20th century, if indeed uh, the state socialism is not uh, uh, reappearing in other forms is not the end of ideology. It is merely the end of one form uh, of an uh, intellectual uh, position that on the failure of one of its alternatives is free to choose any other alternative um, to achieve the same end. The project of modernity is that no norm or rule or standard exists except uh, that which a man uh, chooses and puts into being subject to nothing but himself. This conclusion is why the argument of modernity is, uh, in its essential form, must not lie with itself except as a kind of ritual uh, combat between uh, differing positions based upon the same uh, principle. Rather, it must be with classical and modern thought and medieval thought that does, does propose that human nature is unchangeable. In nature, there is a reason uh, not caused by itself, uh, and operates to make each being to be what it is. The argument is that this 
uh, reason in its uh, integrity is better than uh, autonomously willed uh, existence uh, of modernity. And finally, what is valuable in modernity? What is good about the achievements normally attributed to modernity? What is defensively good is based on reality, on nature in classical in the classical sense, and not on the modern mind set free. What happens in the world does not solely depend upon the configuration of the human mind projected onto reality. It depends on the discovery of an order of reality uh, by the human mind in the light of which it can act and, and function. No one doubts that in the past 400 years of vast improvements in uh, the situation of man uh, in the world has been discovered. More people uh, already have live in a higher a level of material well-being than ever before in history. It, would, it was Aristotle who observed that the most men uh, need a certain sufficiency of material goods uh, to practice virtue, uh, and that nature was not niggardly, it provided this. It would be foolish, however, to maintain that this uh, development could only have happened uh, this way, the way it did. The crimes and horrors of uh, modern history need not be uh, denied to, uh, to praise uh, certain obviously valuable improvements in the human condition. Ideological solutions uh, proposed as cures for the uh, problems of modernity need uh, not be recognized as the only possible uh, solutions or contributions uh, that have come, come forth. The work of intelligence is to understand uh, what reason, uh, what um, remains good and what is evil remains the essential uh, task of the intellectual life. So the essential task is still to know what is good that is good, what is bad that is bad. Is the foundation for the good in modernity uh, automatically autonomous will? Is theoretical modernity the best uh, position from which to accept what is good and in the modern world? The argument is not about whether men are free or whether they um, have wills uh, that can have an impact on the world. It is rather, it's rather about the uh, reasons why a man is a certain kind of a being who can and ought uh, to be what he is. If man is better made from nature than the alternative proposals in modernity, 
it leaves us with a certain curiosity about why this uh, might be the case. Uh, it could be an accident, of course, though a highly uh, uh, improbable, improbable one. Man is man is not safe if if his being is subject to nothing but human will that has no grounding in anything but itself. The order and intelligence found in nature and in man would hint at least as something deeper is at work in man than his own will. A consideration of the will itself, its uh, re uh, results and claims leads us to wonder what is incomplete in the will itself. We now know uh, what human nature might produce if left to itself. On examining what this will did do uh, when uh, left to itself, and this is the purpose of the history of the brilliant errors of modernity, uh, we can reject the claim that the best regime is what has happened in modernity. Modernity has produced regimes that were better than others. It has also produced the worst regimes in history. It has not produced any best regime. The, disorder, the disorders of modernity leave us with the question of their consequences and even of their um, punishments. The recovery of classical and medieval intelligence as a more reasonable basis uh, for what is right about the modern world uh, than the autonomous will is the suspicion with which uh, modernity leaves, uh, leaves us. Ironically, the nature of modernity is itself uh, that one of the questions that lead to questions beyond politics. The insufficiency of autonomous will incites us to a reconsideration of uh, limited will with limited will by law and solely uh, rooted in human and not solely uh, limited or rooted in human will itself. These are the context, as it were, uh, of the brilliant errors that constitute the history of political philosophy. But how do such errors arise? It is not enough to simply say that they arise uh, from pride or disordered uh, intelligence in the service of uh, anti, uh, in the service of autonomous will. This source, uh, no doubt, does reveal the uh, character of, of modernity and indeed of all human um, uh, disorder. However, certain realities exist and must be accounted for rightly. Evil death and punishment are the natural context 
uh, context of all political philosophy that justifies itself in uh, dealing with the with human uh, the human condition. Political philosophy uh, to be itself uh, complete must pay some considerable attention uh, to these topics if it is to understand the forces and currents that flow within its own intellectual world. These realities, if I may use the term, that term of them, are the most obvious issues uh, that confront human life and must first be considered if we are to approach further the issues uh, that lead beyond politics. It will be noticed that these issues, too, in their essential formulation, are already uh, present in classical and medieval political philosophy. They arose there because all political philosophy must still deal must still deal with them. To these issues, uh, we now turn because they are the essential. They are essential uh, to the full comprehension of the meaning and extent of political philosophy. So the end of chapter three. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.